Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Grace Presbyterian. I'm Pastor Ryan. This morning's message continues our series on studying the purpose of the church. We will see today that there are some unique privileges given to those who are found in Christ as now belonging to the body of Christ in serving Him through serving one another. We will answer the question, what does it mean to be a church member? Thanks for listening. slept at night with your hands above your head, you know, and woken up in the middle of the night only to find that your arm fell asleep. Any, any amens on that? Uh, or, or you're laying funny, you know, just sound asleep, and then you're, it's like your limb has disappeared, right? And you're, you can't even move your arm anymore. Come on, don't leave me hanging up here. Anybody else have this happen? Yeah, yeah. Uh, your, your body really kind of finds itself a little bit useless when one of, the, one of the members of your body isn't involved, isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. Or how about the funny bone? I don't know why they name it that. It's not funny at all, right? You, you whack that thing on the corner and those, ah, it's like, like electricity running up your arm, right? Can't do a thing. Or, or how about ever you're sitting for a while and you, you cross your legs sometimes, right? And then next thing you get up and, ooh, I need a minute, right? Leg down, wake it back up, get, get myself going. Uh, what, what a challenge it is, and obvious to see that within our physical bodies, if the members of our bodies aren't working, what happens to the whole? The, the whole ends up weaker after all, right? If, if the constituent parts aren't doing what they're made to be doing, well, the whole suffers. We're in a series over the next couple of weeks looking at the question of what is the purpose of the church? I really want us to have a solid understanding of what it is that we need to be doing when we meet together and how we see ourselves and the identity of those who have been redeemed by Jesus Christ. We, we are the church, but see, I think there are still a lot of misconceptions. You know, they may be the kind that you're not even aware of, uh, but churches across this world fall into categories that are not biblical when it comes to saying the answer to the question, what is your purpose? And this morning's topic is going to be looking at the concept of membership. What does it mean to be a, a member of the church of Jesus Christ? We use this term from time to time. Uh, you may have a membership to a, a golf course. You may have a membership to a country club. You may have a, a membership to a lodge somewhere, a hunting camp, whatever that may be. You may you know, quantify that terminology of your participation with it as membership, but see, there's a difference when it comes to that kind of secular understanding of membership and what the Bible will speak of, of being a member of a church. I mean, if you're a member of a country club, you have to pay what? You've got to pay your dues, right? And what does that go to? Well, that goes to make sure that you can enjoy all the benefits of membership, right? So that somebody else does the work and you enjoy all the benefits of it. That, that's a problem. Another uh, misconception within the way we think of membership of the church is, again, how we think of the church. I'm going to review this every time we meet. The church is not a place you can go, even though we talk like that. Where are you going? I'm going to church. Well, you can't do that. You can't go to a, to a church. A church is, is not a building. It, it isn't four walls. The church is the people of God. Incidentally, the church is not a service. You know, if something were to happen, if the power were to go off, you know, if suddenly the piano cords got severed, the guitar strings all broke, would we be out of luck this morning for church? No, see, the church transcends the service. It's not a place you can go. It's not something you can do. The church is something you are or you are not. It's as simple as that. 
Uh, perhaps the last confusion that we often have has to do with denominations because when we speak of membership, many times our minds get truncated into thinking that being a member of a church means being a member of a particular denomination. I want to tell you the New Testament church and the Bible knows nothing of that concept of church. And unfortunately what it ends up looking like is that we somehow ascribe a false allegiance to a denomination and trust that it's up to those, those professional leaders Right, to make sure everything gets done properly, to run and produce and execute the ministry, while we as the members, we sit back in the judge's chair and decide on the things that we like or don't like according to how it fits our expectations. These are all false understandings of what it means to be a member of a church. That's the question I want us to try to answer this morning, such that when we leave here, everybody's going to get it. I get it. I know what it means now to be a member of grace, I know what it means to be a member of God's family working for His glory here on earth. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be again just starting in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That's our, that's our text throughout this whole series. I want us to see how Paul gives us a springboard to identify there has been a change. And that change is going to be expressed as your now integration into God's family in the church. And then we're going to go over to 1 Corinthians. So, uh, 2 Corinthians is where we're going to start. Then we're going to travel over to 1 Corinthians. I'm going to have four conclusions, one question, and finally one change of perspective at the end. So, be, be watching for those points. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you're there with me, look again starting in verse 16 through 21. Paul writes, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ this way. We do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore... Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. If you were to ask me, and if I was thinking on all all cylinders, I would tell you this is my favorite passage in the whole Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 packs so much for the question of purpose for the church in just a few verses. And the one that I'd like us to really give our attention to this morning, because if you remember last week, what was it? Two things. The ministry of... Alright, here we go. The ministry of reconciliation, right? And then the message of... Here we go. Reconciliation. Yeah, remember that term? That, the idea of the bridge... That spans the chasm, right? That needs to be laid down before us, right? That's, that's what God has entrusted you as the church, right? You need to be out doing the ministry of drawing people to Christ. And you don't do that with conniving or your, your own you, you guilt people. You should come to church, you know, right? I mean, that's not it at all. God gave you something much more valuable. He gave you the message of reconciliation, right? So we'll, we'll just keep reviewing that, right? That, that's what the church's task is. This morning, we all are brought out of something old, though. A life that we used to live drawn towards our own desires, focused on what I want to do, right? That's, that's the old. 
Look with me in verse 17. This is the one I want us to pick up on this morning. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, are you in Christ this morning? Are you in Christ? That's right, yeah. yeah. Pay attention here, because this is, if this is you, this is where we're at, right? If you are in Christ, he or she, he is a new creation. Boy, that's fantastic. Uh, I, I want you to see here, even the, the understanding of the language Paul's going to give is that of supernatural work. Creation has to do with what? When God made everything. Now, we can create stuff from other stuff, right? I can take flour and sugar and eggs and I can turn it into something, right? I can create from stuff that already exists, but that's not how God does. God creates from nothing and he creates it by his own divine pleasure and will. That's a supernatural work. So the beauty of the miracle that happens within salvation is that you used to be just about you and could never come to Christ. But now anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. You've been made new. There's been a supernatural work that has happened within your heart and within my heart, within your mind and within my mind. He then says these words, the old has what? Yeah, the old's gone. It's it's not here anymore. The new has come. I I think it's important for us to try to put a little perspective around this. What what exactly is new? What what is it that has arrived? Right. Well, a few things that we can identify. the, The hope of eternal life. That's new hope. Before Christ, you didn't have that. In fact, I seriously today don't know how anyone can go to a funeral and not have the hope of eternal life. What other grief there is in that this temporal time we have on earth is all you have if you don't have the hope of eternal life. That's new. That's brand new. The old is gone. You have also the, uh, a new joy. I call this the joy of serving Christ. There was a time when we were all focused on our own belly buttons, right? We're, we're looking down and finding, and if you're honest this morning, that the pleasures of this world, they really don't satisfy. They, they may make you feel something for a moment or for a time or that juicy bit of gossip, right? It just drips like honey, right, in the moment. But then later, oh, I, I got an email from a friend who was uh, saying something just a little out of line about another friend and... Um, and then later on felt a little bad about this, felt that an email had to be written to kind of retract what I said earlier, right? Have you been there? You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, guess what? That perspective of wanting to get your desires out of this world, that's part of the old. You can't live in that anymore. You have a new joy, church. You have a joy of not serving self, but now serving God Almighty. That's new. There's another newness, a new life. I call this Purpose. You could be a parent, right, by nature and have a purpose as a mother or father. You could have a job or career that you hired for a paycheck that has a purpose. But you have a calling, child of God. You have a blessing in Christ in that you have a new life. You have a new purpose on earth that God has entrusted to you, the building of his kingdom. All this is new. And the list could go on. I, I, could, I could talk well into the bake sale time about all of the new things that we now receive in Christ. But there is something they all have in common. They all have in common a place to which those are expressed, and that's called the church. The church is the place where all of these new benefits, blessings, callings, purpose, life, and joy find grit 
They find a place of uniformity where we sharpen one another, where we grow together in the newness that has been handed to us. So if that's true, if Paul's words here are true, that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation, the greatest vantage point that you can see that is that now you are incorporated into a new family, into a new body called the body of Christ. This is a theme that's picked up throughout Scripture. We heard a few of them already this morning. Paul writes in Ephesians that there are, according to Christ, and in Christ, how many bodies was it, Don? There's one body. When you were called to one hope. There's not two. There's not those guys down the street worshiping the way they do and that other church from way down the road. No. There's not multiple churches. There's one. There's one body. Has to be a shift in our mind. Has to be a change in how we understand what God is doing in the business he has here on earth. That we ought to at all times and places be able to find those who are equally as you, redeemed by the blood of Christ, welcomed as brothers, like a family. You, you know, well, some of you might kick your brother out. I don't know if that's the best illustration, right? Ho- hopefully your families are of the kind that the door is always open, right? Sisters, come. You are welcome. Because there is a single expression, not a, not a divided expression of God's work here on earth. It's called the church. That's what it is, to which you are a member. So I invite you now with that with that. Per- premise, with that understanding, with that beginning, turn with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll spend the remainder of our time here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, looking in in verse 12. We're going to read a few verses here. Let's make a few comments and then we'll be on to our conclusions. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. What's the page number, somebody? 1785, if you're still turning. 1785. Paul writes, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all given one spirit to drink. Now the body is made up, is not, now the body is not made up of one part but of many parts. If the foot shall say, I'm trying to pick a good voice for the foot. How would a foot sound? <laughs> because, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable are treated with special honor. Think think about that for a minute. Weaker does not mean less valuable. Now, if you were to ask 
I'm going back in my days when I, uh, when my sister and I lived in the same house, we would, uh, like good siblings, you know, we would wrestle a little bit, right? Strongest part on my sister's body were these legs, man. I mean, I could never pin her down because she'd always spin out of it. I mean, just really strong. And for the most part, ladies have really strong legs. But for the strength that you may have in your legs, right? Have you ever hurt your hip? This tiny little hip right there. You ever hurt the hip? What good is the leg? What good is the big muscle if you hurt the little one? I mean, it's no good, right? How about guys? What's the... Come on, guys. All right, what's the strongest part of our body? Yeah. Kaepernick, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever tear a rotator cuff, fellas? Right? Or, or how about that little, uh, that little bitty disc in your back? Right? Ever get one of those? What good? What good is the obvious muscle? What good is the big one, the one that everybody looks at and spends time working on, if the little one? Is out of place. Do you see what happens to the whole body? That's what Paul has in mind here, right? It's not just the ones that are up front, the obvious, the strong ones that are important. You know what? It's the little ones, the ones that nobody sees, that are indispensable to the church. I don't know. What, I don't know which one you are. You 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 got to categorize where you fit into the body. But if you fall into one of these, eh, I'm not. I'm not that important. You got to hear the word of God this morning. You are indispensable. To the church. Verse, verse 23, here we go. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there may be no division. Do you see that? Does your Bible say no division? You should underline that word. Even if it's a pew Bible, that's fine with me. Underline that right in there. No division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. For if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you, last verse here, verse 27, look at this. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. That's a hard verse to get around. Each one of you is a part of it. You may not have ever thought of yourself in this respect before. You might be under one of these preconceived notions, these misunderstandings that church is a place that you can go. It's a service that you can do. But it's not. You are the church. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you has a part to play in the greater of the whole. My conclusion for this passage and for our time here, it's, it's just a sentence. It's a long sentence. I'm, I'll read through it and then I want to break it down into its four points. All right. The sentence for the conclusion is this. From everything that we've seen, here's the end of the matter. To be a new creation in Christ is to belong to his body called the church. And church membership means an active role of participation in his body with a unity of purpose and a diversity of service to the building up and benefit of the whole body for the glory of God. That's a, that's a long sentence, right? There, there's a lot in there. So let me break that down for you. The first part is, is this. To be a new creation is to belong 
to his body called the church. That's what it means. That's what Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. You're new. And the part of you that's new is your integration into a body greater than your own. You belong to all of us. We belong to one another. And together, we are called the bride of Jesus Christ. We are his body. Left his representatives and his hands and feet to work here on earth. I think that the best picture I can think of for this is the idea of adoption. Right? Um, a good, good friend of mine uh, had his, uh, his parents adopted a few kids who were at-risk teens. They had bounced around between foster homes for years and years. Do you ever know any, anyone like that? Just the breaks my heart, the hardest lot that some of these kids don't have parents that want to stand up and, and, and live for them. And sometimes there are circumstances that are very, very difficult. But these kids begin to see themselves that way. And having never been adopted, just kicked over to the next house until we drive them crazy. And then what are they going to do to us? They're going to, they're going to kick us out as well. Well, these kids were adopted. Not foster care, not come stay for a while, but I am giving you my last name. You are now going to be called my child. Three of these kids. Every single one of them took the last name of my, my best friend's parents. And they still struggled. And it wasn't easy. But not a single time did they think back. to I'm just a foster kid. That, that's all I am. That's all I am. No, you're not anymore. You got a new name. You got a new identity. That's who you are. Because guess what? The old is what? The old is gone. The new has come. So church, if you are in Christ, guess what? You belong. You've been, and this is biblical language, you've been adopted into the family of God. Check that, mark it down, take it to the bank, whatever it takes for you to solidify this on solid ground to build your life in Christ. You can't go back to the old. I used to play basketball in high school, right? And uh, we play a long game, take those sweaty jerseys, I mean, stink, ask my mom, stinky, sweaty jerseys, right? And not a single time did I go put the old Back on. I changed into new clothes. That's the same for all of us. Because of this, we belong to the body, and belonging happens as a work of new creation. So to be a new creation is to belong to the body called the church. Here's the second part of the sentence. And church membership, think of that word member, means an active role of participation in the body. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm laying it on the line, church, all right? I'm saying it loud and clear. It means an active role of participation. Look, you can't go to church. You can't do church. You either are or you are not. And the closest thing that I can understand this to is the idea of a body, right? What, what do you do if part of your body isn't working right? You hit your funny bone, you got to get it working again. Otherwise, my whole body's down. Your leg falls asleep, you got to get the thing working again so the whole body can move. An active participant in the body of Christ. All the parts have a role. All the parts have a function. You know, scientists used to say the appendix was woo, vestigial organ for our biology folks here. That's what they would call it, right? Something left over, you don't need it at all. Today, do you know what they're finding? That the appendix actually carries a set of uh, immuno receptors and bacteria such that if you end up having a bad case of, you know, I ate a weird burrito, you know what I'm talking about, right? Um, that that appendix then repopulates your gut with all of the bacteria that you need to stay healthy. It has a purpose. You can certainly live without it, but look, it has a purpose. 
in the body of Christ, which, according to Paul, every one of you is a part of, you have a purpose. And if in a body there's some part that ain't doing what it's supposed to be doing, it brings the whole body down. It brings the whole thing in a weaker stance to be able to accomplish God's work for it here on earth. That second part, church membership, means an active role of participation. So how can I tell if you're a member of grace? You're serving the Lord. That's what it means. It means you're serving the Lord. I wonder, uh, where's, where's Spar? Gary, could you go give me the clipboards in the back? Go bring those things up here. Yeah, we're doing roll call this morning, church. <laughs> All right, I'm, as he's bringing those up, let me move on to the third one. Uh, with a unity of purpose and a diversity of service. When he says this in chapter 12, it's basically all the verses of 14 through 20. He ends with verse 20 saying, As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Right? Many parts, but one body. Uh, I think of this in, the, in terms, of, if I were to give you an illustration for this, the idea of a basketball team. I think I may have told you the story before of uh, when I was uh, working in the Caribbean, I would serve... Yeah, I wasn't serving. I was playing basketball. That's what I was doing. But I'd, I'd play ball with the guys, and all these guys wanted to be Michael Jordan, man. They wanted to be the ones that were scoring the points. So I'm bringing the ball down the court, and they're, they're all like, give me the ball. No, give me the ball, and I'm holding the ball. None of these guys are setting picks for one another. They're all just, give, give it to me, right? What, the whole team breaks down when one wants all the credit, when one wants all the glory. There is a diversity there's a diversity within the body. You, we all don't have the whole body in an ear, whole body in an eye, right? There is a difference of roles that everyone has to play. So look what we got here. I've got children's sermon with ten empty spaces, scripture reader with fourteen empty spaces, candle lighter, uh, thirteen empty spaces, greeter. 11 empty spaces. Fellowship hour. All right, we're good. we can better on that one. Six empty spaces. That's good. Um, look, these, these are some of the standard, maybe upfront ways to serve. This is not the only way to serve. You are not, and I want to make sure I'm clear on this. I don't want you to leave church thinking, boy, that pastor really, whew, he hit us with it today. I gotta, I'm not a member, apparently, if I'm not doing one of these. That's not what I'm saying at all. These are some upfront ways, very obvious, and real good ways to get involved, but you can serve the body multiplicity of ways beyond just these. The question isn't, is your name signed up on the list? That's not the question. The question is, are you serving? That's the question. There is so much that I, as the pastor, don't even have access to. You guys know things that I don't even know. You know how to meet each other's needs in ways so much better than even I do sometimes. And I have seen in this church how people will inform me such and such as went to the hospital or so, so and so is having a hard time. And you are already out there serving and meeting and praying with and loving on these people. Your name's not on a list. And that's fine. That's not a problem. But not everybody does the same thing. There is a diversity in the body. There's a diversity. I mean, we've got to get these things. Don't We've got to get these spaces filled in. I want to make sure we're doing that. But... You can serve God outside of the ways that are obvious. And there is a unity of purpose, a single purpose. Here's what that means. It means there's no room for gossip. If you've got a problem with somebody, go to them. 
I, I got to say that loud and clear too, right? If somebody looked at you wrong or did something wrong, and we are very petty sometimes on these things, there's no room on the team for gossiping about one another. You got a problem with somebody? Go to them. I, I promise you that is the path towards reconciliation, which is the purpose of the church. There's no room for selfishness. There's no room for having it. My, give me the ball, man. I want to be the one that makes the buzzer beater. No, we all have a role. Uh, I was thankful in high school my coach taught us that. You know your role. And when you do, the team just functions perfectly, functions the way it should. All right, let, let, let me review these, and then we'll get the last one, right? We said to be a new creation in Christ is to belong to his body called the church. And church membership means active participation in the body with a unity of purpose and a diversity of service. And here's the fourth point. For the building up and the benefit of the whole body to the glory of God. At the very end, he says these words in verse 24, 25, and 26. If you're there, you can read it with me. He says, But God has combined the members of the body and has, great, and has given greater honor the parts that lacked it, so that... There should be no division in the body. But that its parts should have equal what? Equal concern for one another. That which God has given you to serve the church isn't for you. It's for us. Which means when you want to skip the assembling, I have to call it that, I can't call it church, right? I mean, when, when you want to skip coming together, you're really jipping us. We're the ones who are missing out. Because you're part of the body. It's like having a bum hip. Right? The, the rest of us, maybe some of us who might be the, the strong leg, like we need the hip, we need the smaller part. And if you skip this, if you, if you leave us where we don't come together, we lose out. We need you. The church needs all of its parts. It's for the benefit and the building of the whole body. Then he says this in verse 26. If one part suffers... Every part suffers. That's beautiful. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. The best illustration I can think of this is a family. Whatever happens in your family, it affects the whole family. My wife drove down to Green Bay uh, just this week and um, carrying Sadie through uh, the shopping. I think it was Target. I mean, Sadie was doing one of these, nah, I don't want to be held and ah, screaming and like people are looking and and I call Emily, and she just starts crying. Is she in here? Because she's not going to let me tell the story. But, you know, she's, she's just like, she's just having the hardest time. Why? Well, because a, a, a member of the family was having a hard time, and so she started having a hard time, and then how do you think I felt calling her? Well, then I, I was affected by that, too. Yeah, that kind of ruined my time. I told her, just come home. Look, I've got to be there to help you with this. You're overwhelmed, right? It's too much. Because whatever happens to one part affects the whole when you hurt, and when trials of this world get to you, boy, that breaks our heart as well, and we want to suffer with you. On the other side of the spectrum, if sin is something that you're not rooting out of your life, don't think for a minute that your sin is only a personal consequence. But personal sin in our lives, it doesn't just affect you, it affects all of us. And the other side of that spectrum is with rejoicing. When good things happen, the baby's born. You know, the the, the um, anniversary, anniversary, is this what I'm hearing? Help me out here, Bob. Is it anniversary? Who's got an anniversary today? Somebody does. Oh, in the back. There it is. All right. Is your anniversary today? 
Darian Dove? This month. Oh, this month. All right. But my, my point in bringing that up, both to embarrass and just a little bit, you know, like saying happy anniversary, but is to show that when good things happen to the body, the whole body rejoices with that. That's how it works in a family, too. Right? I got a, I got a, a pay increase. We just bought a cool new something, right? That's not kept just for one, but it spreads to the whole family. If it happens to one member, it affects us all. So to be a new creation in Christ is to belong to his body called the church. And church membership means an active role of participation in his body with a unity of purpose and a diversity of service for the building up and the benefit of the whole body to the glory of God. So what do you do with this? I have one question for you. Just one. So You've got to answer this. I contribute to the body of Christ by blank. How would you fill in the blank? You've got to answer that question. I contribute. Because the Bible says, and you are the body of Christ, each of you is a part of it. So you have to answer the question. I can't answer this for you. I contribute to the body of Christ by what? And don't put something generic in there. Don't put by serving. What serving? I mean, get specific, right? What is it that you do? You have a role. You have a gifting. There's, there's a component that God has trusted you with that's for all of our benefits. So you've got to answer the question. Now, I know that the first place we turn is to our bag of excuses. Right? Everybody has got a giant old trash bin filled with excuses, and it's easy to reach down in there and say, well, you don't know. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix a couple of those for you right now. You might say, but I'm too old. Oh, I'm too old. Anybody? Anybody saying that? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Pastor Ryan, I hear you. I need to contribute, but you just don't know. It's so hard. I'm just so old. But you know something? The Bible has actually given you far more authority than anyone else. The Bible will say time and time again, I want the older to teach the younger. Yeah, you are so important to our church. If that's your excuse, saying that you're old, I've already got you way up here then, right? Because guess what? All of us younger ones need you. And every person in the body of Christ, every folk that, that would quantify yourself as being old, remember old is always a product of your mind, you're only as old as you think you are, but you should have someone below you that you're pouring your life into. Do you have somebody? You need to find somebody. Maybe your excuse is, uh, I'm too busy. Oh, too busy, man. You don't know my boss. Too busy. I'm afraid to say this, this is actually a question of priority at this stance then. If your answer to failing to contribute to the building of the body is saying, I'm too busy, then you have misprioritized the value of serving God. I, I wonder if... Um, you think of the body analogy again, right? A physical body. Let's say you were working and chopped off a part of your finger, right? That member is, guess what? Gone, right? That member is not serving, not doing what it should be doing. Are you going to say, eh, I'm too busy to go to the doctor, get that retached, right? I, I got this thing coming up and then my show's on later and, you know, <laughs> it's all right. I didn't need that finger anyway. So none of us would say that, right? Because the priority is the health of the body, right? How have you missed that? So if your answer is, I'm too busy, think for a moment that if it was your own body that was at stake, you, you would understand real quick that I need to get involved. Yeah, I got my priorities set right. I wonder if Jesus Christ were to come to you today and say, why won't you serve my body? You would be like, yeah, right? I should. 
And it's just easy for us to set our priorities incorrectly. So you can't be too old. You can't be too busy. How about this one? I'm, I'm just not good enough. You know, I don't, I've never been to school. I've not been trained. You want me to teach the kids? I don't even know what to do. Look with me for a minute at the people that Jesus called. The disciples. What was their profession? What were these dudes? Not even fishermen. Half of them were fishermen. The other had um, like uh, career professions or trade professions. All right, that's what these guys did. But these weren't even. I'm picking on the fishermen right now. All right, that's okay because we all are, we love fish. No problem, right? But these guys weren't even fishermen. They were Galilean fishermen. These were like the redneck guys, you know, picking their nose out on the water. You know, they 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 don't have anything to really impress people with. And what were the people that Jesus went and called? <coughs> He called regular people. So don't think for a minute that because you don't match some sort of denominational standard or Christian culture standard that you're excluded from participation in the body. We need you. We need you. And if you can cast a line, you can serve the church of Jesus Christ. You've got to answer that question. That's my challenge to you, right? I contribute to the body of Christ by blank. You've got to have an answer for that this week. Right? I don't know what it will be, but you have to answer that question. Um, I have a change of perspective. This is my last, last point, and then we're finished. Uh, but I, I want to talk to our existing members, people who are already serving, because one of the goals within the church of Jesus Christ is to grab as many people as you can. Do you ever see those little, those little birds when you're out walking in the woods and they stick on your legs, right, because you're walking? You won't get a single bird to stick if you don't walk. So guess what, members? We need to be out walking, right? We need to be trying to catch people into the kingdom. But they're like fish, being slippery, right? People can slip away from us. So this is what I want you to do. If you spot somebody new in church, there's a couple of them here, right? If you spot somebody new and you are a member of the church, I want you to invite them to serve somewhere. I want you to invite them to serve with you in a place that maybe you've served in. Right? We, we got a lot of real good first steps right here, but look, I can't do this. Don't be like, oh, Pastor Ryan will take care of that. You know, he'll, he'll find it. I can't do this. you got to do this. I can't tell you how many times at funerals I hear people give testimony to say, boy, I just love this person because we went out on the water together, fishing together, or golfing together. I mean, just regular time spending time with people. Because that's what you do. I can't do all of that. So if you see somebody new, you put the hook in them today, all right? You catch them and you involve them in serving the church. And that's what Jesus did to his disciples as well. He didn't just let them carry on listening the whole time. He got them involved in ministry. Because that's what the purpose of the church is. All right, finally, my last point, And I could preach a whole other message on this one single point. But I'm just going to leave it real quick for one sentence. We need to have a change of perspective. Imagine, imagine the God of the universe, who doesn't need a thing, has decided to use you. Full of sin, full of selfishness, can't hardly do much at all, maybe I'm old, maybe I'm busy. The creator of the universe has picked you. I can remember being a kid at school and, and having the older kids want to pick the kickball. You remember, up against the wall, right? We're going to pick someone for kickball. And one of the best kids chose me. How do you think I felt about myself? Well, with a cool kid, pick me, right? I was going to kick the ball as hard as I could because, you know, I was going to do the best I could. It's the same idea with God. We've got to change our perspective. The God of the universe doesn't need a thing has picked you. He's chosen you. 
if, if we could change our thinking to imagine the privilege that it is to serve, I find that we will be a strong body. We will be a body that's united in a single purpose, that has a diversity of giftings, of all of those people actively serving to be His body because we are His church. We are a new creation. Let's pray this morning.